Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. Well, I'm very excited about this initial uh, episode in a series focusing on strong women in education. Um, I think this is a time unlike any other where we need strong leadership. And I've met so many strong and impressive and incredible female leaders around education. And I want to focus on their stories, focus on their why. Today, we're going to be spending time with the Deputy Chief Academic Officer of Fulton County Schools, Dr. Whitaker. Uh, I've had such fantastic conversations with her off air, and I hope to do justice by her story today. We want to thank a party out there that has helped to bring this conversation together. Uh, That is Just Right Reader. You can go to justrightreader.com. They have take-home decodable boxes, classroom libraries, summer school uh, expansion, small group interaction, and check out their decodables with diverse characters, laugh out loud stories, phonics lessons in both Spanish and English with rigorous phonics progression. That's right. Go to justrightreader.com. And speaking of strong women, we want to thank Sarah Rich of Just Right Reader uh, for helping us bring this conversation together. All right, so let's get to it. So we were saying off air, just it's summertime and you are in your office, and which means you're still working. There's a lot of work to be done in education. And it does feel like we are at a bit of a, I'll say it, you don't have to say it, but a crossroads of some sort. When we're thinking about sort of the exodus of professionals in in education, um, and then the growing list of needs that our communities have of their schools, right, wrong, or indifferent. With that as the backdrop, let's talk a little bit about the why for you. Why, why education when you were a, you know, a student yourself and you thought, my goodness, and I, this is my sense of you, is that you wanted to make a difference from the word go. You know, there's some people that want to invent things. There are some people that want to be an athletic. I get the sense from our conversations that you, that, 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 you know, much younger you in that regard, you, as a student said, I want to do something that makes a difference. Take me into that part of your life. What were the discussions like inside your mind, maybe not just with your family, but when you were thinking about where you wanted to sort of stamp your um, your mark? Yes. Well, thank you so much. Um, and I am excited to be here today. When I think about my why in education, it really goes back to my grandmother. Um, I was one that was always with my grandmother. Uh, she was Uh, a caretaker for many children in the community and also a caretaker for the children in my family. And in college, you were at that point where it's like, okay, what I thought I wanted to do, I don't want to, but grandma, what should I do when I grow up? (laughs) And my grandmother says, baby, you should be a teacher. You've taught every one of your little sisters, every baby that has come, every child that has come through this house in Philadelphia, you should be a teacher. And at that point, I said, okay, let me go back to school and find out how I get on an education track. So take, um, me, take me inside that room. I, I Because I get the sense that she was quite a character, your grandmother. Yes, she um, was. So what's that room look like? Is Are you in a kitchen? Are you sitting we, on a porch? Like, where are you when she, that kind of conversation? We are so in a kitchen. So I'm originally from West Philadelphia. And just as the song says, born and raised. (laughs) And so in college, I went to the University of Pennsylvania, which um, is also in West Philadelphia. So I had the pleasure to be able to go to my grandmother's house for dinner, 
versus <laughs> eating the, the food in the school um, and then go drive what was for the pin transit system in the evening as a part of one of my work study jobs. But in that, I had the opportunity to sit at her table. And as I say, to sit at her feet. She was an instrumental part of my upbringing and an instrumental part of who I am today. And so when my grandmother would say, this is what you need to do, I said, if anyone knows me and anyone knows me well, it would be her. Therefore, that is what I went to go do. And so I loved doing that. I loved having that rich relationship with her. I was the oldest grandchild um, and the only grandchild for about seven years. I actually lived with them for a period of time as well. Um, And that home was the constant. That kitchen table, despite what was happening around me, despite what was happening in the family setting, that place was the constant. And so I really am fortunate to have had the relationship with her I did. Tell me about the smells. So if you think about walking into that kitchen, like what would be a staple item or something that you would just know that she's here and you know, you're walking into comfort and home? Well, the smell, well, my favorite smell was when I would smell peach cobbler. Because <laughs> no one else can cook. You're jumping <laughs> straight to dessert. <laughs> yes, no one. But uh, greens, uh, collard greens, string beans, macaroni and cheese, uh, chicken, on Fridays, we always had uh, we always had on Fridays the uh, fish. She fried fish. Now I never ate the fish, and that was because <laughs> I was afraid of the bones. Um, but uh, but I, I tell you, the smells of her kitchen, and she was one that was a homemaker, and she cooked lunch. Not I'm going to fix lunch. She cooked, she cooked lunch. It. She cooked lunch. She cooked dinner. Um, and so whenever I would come home from school, I went to her house every day after school, my entire uh, K-12 experience. I would go to her house and I would look on the stove to see what was left over from lunch. I would wash my hands and whatever was left over was mine. Um, As my little sisters came along, I had to share it with them. But um, everyone would tell you, you know, my grandmother was so close to me and 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 still, you know, she's gone now. Um, She passed literally a very important day. She passed the day of the first case of COVID in Fulton County, in Fulton County schools. So I will never forget that day in March 2020, because there were just so many emotions happening that day. But yes, that is what her, that is where I get my inspiration. Um, Why did I move to Fulton County or why did I come to Atlanta when I've been in Philadelphia all those years and had a very promising career as an educator in Philadelphia, being a product of the school district of Philadelphia schools. It was because my grandmother said, girl, you better get on down there. And I say, okay, grandma. She said, cause they'll have you turning backwards if you stay. I said, all right, I don't want to look back. I don't want to go backwards. So there we go. 
So, what, yeah. what an incredible relationship. I, I picture you after school, especially in K-12, going into that kitchen and sitting down and, and maybe doing homework while, I mean, is that sort of, is that where the roots sort of took it took place. Yes. I mean. yes. During the school year, I did my homework there. Uh, during the summer, grandma always had the newspaper. She received the newspaper every day. And during the summer, I had to read an article. So the love for reading really started there. And I had to read an article and she wanted me to tell her about the article. And that was, you talk about the rituals and routines and the love for reading and the desire to know what is happening in the world. Um, I think about, we would watch the soap operas, only two of them, and then the TV had to go off because we had to serve, conserve energy. So what was the, what, what, what were the soap operas? I know that I, I watched Young and the Restless. Uh, number, on one. number one. Number <laughs> one. Hey, number one, Young and the Restless, and number two, As the World Turns. Oh, yeah. Then it would go off. Um, but we had to turn the news back on at five o'clock and then six o'clock for the big news. What do you and, think? Inf- what do you think information? I get the sense that information to your grandmother was incredibly important, that ignorance is not bliss. Tell me about that in creating, and maybe I'm taking liberties here, but uh, creating independence or a sense of control of your own path. Yes, definitely. Um, my grandparents actually were born in Georgia, a little uh, area called Clay County, where there is not a stoplight still. Uh, and when they got married and had my father, then that same year they moved to Philadelphia. And it was really about creating opportunity for them as a family and ultimately for us. And so it was never lost on me what was happening in the world and how my presence and my leadership from even a young child could make a difference. So my grandmother was very much a a praying woman, a very spiritually led woman. Uh, My grandfather was a deacon and we always went to church and we would listen to the radio. Of course, when the TV turned off, the radio turned, uh, we turned the radio on (laughs) and she would talk to me about what was happening in the world. And she would talk to me about what I would do differently. So there was always a sense of there is a there is a reason why you're here and you're supposed to do something different. And what is that going to be? And that's who I've been. It's been because of my grandmother. And not afraid of reality, it sounds like. No, not at all. Um, in Philadelphia, Philadelphia is a very diverse area. Um, we lived in West Philadelphia. It's not necessarily the most um, affluent area in, in West Philadelphia, but it didn't matter because you were aware as a human, you were aware of citizenship, you were aware of your rights. I remember walking with my grandmother to the library to vote and they would close the curtain and I could only see her legs underneath once I was 
too, I was at that point now too old to go in the poll with her. But I remember those opportunities to say, this is what you're exercising. You're exercising your right to vote. You are knowledgeable about what it is that is happening in current events, and you're going to make a difference. So when I think about education and her saying, you're supposed to be a teacher, at one point, I I was excited, but at the same time, it was daunting because I knew there was an expectation. A sense of responsibility. A sense of responsibility, a sense of expectation that you're going to make a difference because you've done that in the little influence that you have, i.e. your little sisters and all the other children that she's taken care of over the years. And you're going to do that now for and be entrusted for your classroom. And that was a lot of responsibility for me, but that was what I needed to do. And I'm so glad that I did it. You mentioned that she was a caretaker, not just of your family, but of many in the community. And I, I want to take that and I want to sort of thread the needle and talk about um, development for girls and women and professional women, because, you know, I'm a father of a young girl, um, married to a strong woman, and, and my daughter is, is twice as strong. So <laughs> I better watch out. Um, but I'm, I'm fascinated with the, the talent, the skill that it takes to balance the caretaker component, right? Which I'm sure you, you saw firsthand front, front row center Yes. with then understanding the side of your personality that has conviction can sort of lead from the front and the back, you know, sort of when you think about what it takes to do your job now, mm-hmm. Walk me through the arc of that for you and your development as a leader, but more importantly, as a woman, because I think that we take that for granted and we see it in the headlines of, well, you know, do women, can they have it all and these sorts of things. And it's, I think it's much more nuanced. I mean, it takes an incredible amount of work to be able to understand oneself, man or woman in that regard, Mm -hmm. Um, but to be able to weave those elements in so that you can be a caretaker and also strong in voice without it coming back to, in essence, hurt you. Exactly. Um, I'm going to go back to that grandmother. Because <laughs> we're going back. <laughs> we're going back because I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't have the life that I have if it weren't for her. So as I said, she was critical to say, go on to Atlanta. And when I brought that young man home, his name is Jason. <laughs> that man. <laughs> she said, that's the one. She did. She did. And it, I had not known him for a long time. And she still said, but that's the one. And in my climb professionally, meaning I'm a teacher, I'm a specialist, I'm a coordinator, I'm an assistant superintendent. My husband is there as well. I'm having children as well. And she said to me, Upon getting my doctorate, do you realize that you couldn't have married just about any man? Because not every man can handle what it is that you are bringing to the world. And that is true. When I think about my educational career, when I think about just my professionalism, the 
the drain that this work does have, because I have worked in very tough spaces and had worked jobs that along the way have taken me away from the home, but at the same time, raising two girls that too are becoming strong women, but understand there is an interdependence. Because as strong as I can be on a day-to-day basis, and as much as I have to lead, and sometimes I'm not afraid to say fight for what is right for kids, I too am someone's helpmate. I too am a caregiver. So it may sound a little different than when my grandmother did. Um, For example, we have a phrase in our house. You don't want to be that roommate. <laughs> I can I can tell. I know the audience can't see you, but yes, you don't want to be that roommate. <laughs> but but if you've been to college and had an opportunity to live in a dorm with a roommate or suite mate, some okay, they know how to clean up for themselves, they know how to cook for themselves, they know how to do their laundry, and then others are that roommate. Yeah, I've known that roommate, so I know exactly exactly (laughs) what you mean. So (laughs) that roommate is an example of knowing who I'm raising, which is a strong, independent woman. But at the same time, you know how to care for yourself in the same way I care for you is the way in which you will replicate that in your own way to your children. That's what it means to really be able to pass down that generational, if you will, seed that regardless of, you know, socioeconomic status, regardless of what's going on in the time and age that they live, that it's going to still translate. And so to be a caregiver, to love the family, to love what would be your 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 husband, your spouse, your mate, what have you, and still know that when mommy goes off and she is at work, She is doing what she is supposed to do. And it's not only about that paycheck, but it's about what it's making, how it's making a difference in the community, how it's going to bring about a change because you existed. Let's close with this, Dr. Whitaker. And I hope I do justice by the thought in my head for this question. Um, Given your success, personally and professionally, and the richness with which you've come from. uh, Is there one moment or maybe a a period of time or something that if you think back when you felt, in essence, comfortable in your skin as a woman, when you said, I am doing what I knew I could do. I am where I need to be. I am feeling all emotions of life, which, you know, is exhilarating in that regard. Is there a moment, was it something around a graduation, a a job post, a childbirth, that kind of a thing? Was there a seminal moment for you? I would say I've had seminal moments and you mentioned some of them. So the graduation, when I earned my doctorate, I was the first person in my family to do that. Um, And to be able to show that degree to my family, that was definitely a moment. Um, 
professionally, that moment came when the results of years of work in what's called our, what was formerly called our self-learning community. So when I was the area superintendent, I oversaw 30 schools where 29 of them are Title I, four high schools, comprehensive high schools, six middle schools, and in 20 elementary schools. And we had worked year after year to move what I affectionately called the thriving 30 from 16 failing schools to two and was recognized across the state. People still reach out to me when it comes to the nation to ask, what did you do? You really changed the narrative for what was possible in an area where some have thought it was not possible. That moment in time when we really recognized that we did move from survive to thrive, which was really the adage that I moved into that role with. And that was the purpose. And I shared about my grandmother to those leaders and my upbringing and how I am to where I am today as a mother, as a wife, and as a leader. To see that happen, hands down, is probably one of the best days of my professional career. Well, what an honor to spend some time and to, uh, for you to trust me with, with your story, Dr. Whitaker. Uh, I, I'm going to walk away thinking about images of, of lunch and dinner time at your grandmother's, uh, West Philadelphia. But this sense when you talked about Thrive, I mean, everything about you is vibrant. In, and we haven't even met in person. All of this has been through the, the inevitable Zoom, right? The, the screen in that regard. But there's a power to you, but a, a, a sensitivity for humans and humankind in a way that we don't always find, whether it's in education or in other uh, sectors of our economy. Um, so I hope that that more and more people get their chance to spend some time with you and, and learn how to thrive and do so with purpose and intention. Uh, we wanna thank Dr. Whitaker, the Deputy Chief Academic Officer for Fulton County Schools. We also wanna thank Just Right Reader who helped bring this conversation together. You can have take-home decodable boxes, classroom libraries, summer school expansion, and small group interaction. Check out their decodables with diverse characters, uh, laugh out loud stories, phonics lessons in Spanish and English with rigorous phonics progression. Just go to justrightreader.com. Uh, what a great way to kick off this series of strong women in education. Thank you so much, Dr. Whitaker. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. This concludes another chapter of On Balance. Connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rod Berger.